tonight, we are in part two of Dumb People in the Bible, which is a three-part series that we've been doing here at Beyond, and really we, have a, uh, we don't have a, a hidden agenda, it's an out-there agenda with this one. If you are here, if you're a part of us for this series, we just want to add some value to you. We want to help you, maybe, we, we want to look at the, over the course of this, uh, this series at three different people in the Bible who did some really dumb stuff, stuff that is not dissimilar to perhaps circumstances that you and I have maybe found ourselves in at one time or another in our life, or maybe a situation that we will find ourselves in at one point or another in our life. So all we want to do through this series is examine some of these and then maybe take some pointers from people who have been there, some people who have made some mistakes. So really all we want to do in this series is add value. Last week, if you're with us, we looked at, in part one, and we looked at this idea of what to do when we're forced to make knee-jerk decisions. How do we pause? What do we do in that scenario when, when there's something that we know we should, uh, we should do? Or, sorry, there's, there's a response that someone elicits in us that is probably not the wisest thing. It's a knee-jerk reaction. We know it'll feel good to do it, but it's not going to set us up for success. And so uh, if that sounds like something you'd be interested in or maybe uh, the person next to you, you think, eh, maybe they need to listen to that, I would encourage you, jump online, uh, go on to any of our social media, just search Beyond Church AU on Facebook, Instagram or SoundCloud. Uh, SoundCloud is where we upload all of our files, uh, all our audio files, so you can listen to part one, you'll be able to listen to this part again during the week as well or pass it on to someone else. If you're in a connect group here, we would love for you to be covering this content and uh, our connect group discussion guides are on our Facebook page. But tonight, what we're looking at, tonight uh, with this series, I thought I'd kick off the same way I kicked off last week and uh, I went through my catalogue of dumb things that I've done. I thought to launch this dumb people in the Bible series, I should should at least start by being that I have done uh, multiple dumb things in my life, a number of dumb things. And and this week's dumb thing that I did uh, occurred when I was uh, probably in early high school, I think, on this one. For whatever reason, it, uh, when I was in early high school, late primary school, me and my mates, we just loved riding bikes. We just loved riding bikes. There was a whole heap of trails uh, in uh, Chermside Hills. I lived over near Chermside. And we would ride our bikes through Chermside Hill, a whole heap of downhills. We would ride for no other reason than just to ride and because we thought we were cool and, you know, we'd ride through the McDonald's drive through and be told we couldn't order like we were rebels or something like that. And we, we thought we were super cool. And this one day... We got, we got there really early in the morning and we'd already ridden over to a mate's house and he wasn't home or he wasn't awake or he was being lame so he didn't want to come ride with us. But for whatever reason, uh, we, we came back and we were hanging out at my mate's place and we decided, I don't know what the time was, I think it was probably about 10 o'clock because I think McDonald's does all day breakfast now. So it was about 10 o'clock and we looked at our watches. We said, if we go now, we can, we can get there in time for the McDonald's breakfast. If we go right now, if we book it, we can get there in time for Macca's breakfast. I don't know why we wanted Macca's breakfast. We'd already had breakfast, but let's go to, let's set this challenge. And there was a a path that we had to take in order to get to Macca's. But if we went the the full way around, we weren't going to get there in time. So we took a shortcut, you know, because that's the obvious thing to do. Take the shortcut. And this was a shortcut that we knew super well. Uh, It was kind of like really our our main tracker. If I would go to uh, my mate's place, I would take it. If he would come to mine, he would take it. And it was over a creek. And because it was over a creek, sometimes the crossing point would change. If you had high water or if you had a lot of, uh, you know, if you had a storm or something or maybe a branch fell away that you used to use to get over. But the crossing had changed this day. And for whatever reason, you know, a, a tree had kind of fallen down and on one side it, was, it had fallen down and it had nestled itself into the bank on the other side. 
And so when we, when we were looking at how to cross over, we had to wheel our bikes across this tree and then there was a little space on the other side for us that we would throw our bikes up onto the bank and then we'd be able to climb up. Now this space definitely was not big enough for two people with two bikes, but time was of the essence. We needed to get those hash browns for that Macca's breakfast. This was serious. And so we decided, let's just do it anyway. I'm sure we'll be able to figure it out. So the two of us kind of one by one, single file, we're walking over this kind of log bridge and we get to the gap and everything's going well so far. We're working in, just, if you've seen the synchronized swimming at the Olympics at the moment, they had nothing on us. We were just like working in tan and we were, we were just on a wavelength together. And we got over and I threw my bike up and then uh, my, my mate turns around and as he turns around, he knocks his bike into the creek. I have never seen someone move so fast. He was down there. He was in the creek, like the creek that we thought was like up to our shoulders, was like really up to our knees. And all of a sudden he's screaming, it's my mum's bike. It's my mum's bike. I was like, why have you got your mum's bike? He's like, I don't know. I couldn't find mine. He's like, mum's going to kill me. So he's in there and he's like pulling the like bike out. And then we got it up onto the ledge and we eventually got it up onto the bank and we're, we're lying there and he's covered in mud and... I'm not, because I didn't want to jump. It wasn't my mum's bike. Like. <laughs> that was his issue to deal with. And the moral of the story is we got to Macca's in time to have a McDonald's breakfast. And it was fantastic. And, and I don't know about you, but maybe there are times in your life where, where you started a point in the journey. And you started a point in the journey, and you start at point A, and you want to get to point B. And, and you look and you see maybe there's a, a branch, maybe there's a path, but you know how to get from point A to point B, and so you take that step across. And it's really, really easy. Yeah, there was freaking out in the front row, like, oh, we're going to have to call an ambulance. I'm coordinated, it's okay. <laughs> but there's a point in life where, where we look and we're like, I want to get move from where I am to where I want to be, and I know how to do it. But over the course of our lives, there can become times and there can become places where all of a sudden we're in one place and we know where we are and we know where we want to be, we just don't know how to get there. We know where we are and we know exactly where it is we want to be, but we just do not know how to get there. And the, the, the thing is, is that you and I recognize this and it's deep down with inside of us and some of us, at some level, know what I'm about to say. You know this at some level because you've asked someone for advice at some point in your life. And the thing you know at some level is that somebody knows how to get from where you are to where you want to be. Somebody knows how to get from where you are to where you want to be and the chances are you know that person. In fact, maybe, maybe there's, you, you've been a little bit like me and at one point in your life you've said, let's get a cup of coffee and you sit down with them and you go, okay, so this is where I am. This is where I want to be. I don't know how to get there. Could you explain it to me? Could you tell me how to get from where I am to where I want to be? And they begin to tell you how to get from where you are to where you want to be and you sit there and you go, yeah, that's okay, okay, okay. And then at the end of the conversation... You think in your head these three words, and maybe you say it out loud to them, maybe you don't, but you go, I'm not doing that. Yeah, cool, no, no, I'm not doing that. I don't know how to get from where I am to where I want to be, but I'm definitely not doing it your way. Maybe for some of you, that's actually the reason why you push back against church. 
one of the reasons that maybe you don't like church or you resist it is because you come to church and you sit down and then a communicator gets up the front with a microphone and you've got a question and they answer the question and they give you some advice but it's not the advice that you wanted to hear. And so you go, no, don't want to listen to that. The music wasn't very good. I I didn't like the lights. They were shining in my eye. I didn't like where we went to eat to dinner later. And so you throw up all these distractions so that you don't have to deal with the advice. And chances are, the crazy thing is, whether you've heard it in church or whether you've heard a friend give you that advice, the crazy thing is you probably agree with the advice that you've been given. You just don't want to do it because it's not the way that you want to do it. And so tonight, I'm not going to give you any advice. Because let's be honest, if I was to give you advice, you, pro- you wouldn't listen to me anyway. Like, I, I, I'm under no illusions about that. So what I want to do is for the next couple of minutes that we're together, is I want to examine one dumb person in the Bible. And this dumb person was confronted with a situation a situation where they didn't know how to get from where they were to where they wanted to be. And they went and they sought some advice and then they chose to ignore that advice. And so we're going to look at that tonight and then all I'm going to do at the end of it is I'm going to give you uh, a couple of life lessons that we can learn from this story. You can choose to take them on board, you can choose to not. And then if you're really courageous, I'll give you a suggested piece of application. Suggested, you don't have to do anything with it, you can just ignore me for that part, you can fall asleep, that is okay. Uh, But first I'm going to give you some context for that story. Anyone got any questions? All right, let's go. The the story we're jumping into tonight is in the Old Testament part of the Bible. So if you're new to church, if you're new to the Bible, uh, kind of cut the Bible in half, Uh, the path closest to the front cover is the Old Testament, the half closest to the back cover is the New Testament. And in this uh, story that we're jumping into, The nation of Israel, which is God's chosen nation, it's divided into 12 tribes, is going through a transitional period of time with their leadership. They've had a king for for some time, King Solomon, and King Solomon has just passed away, and King Solomon's son, Rehoboam, is just about to be uh, be given the kingship over Israel. And before we get in, there's another piece of information you need to know is that that there's another Boam in this story. I can't imagine Boam being the most common name, but there's two Boams in this story. There's Rehoboam and then there's Jeroboam. Jeroboam, when King Solomon was ruling over Israel, he uh, he was a soldier. And he rose through the ranks of King Solomon's army and he actually became kind of the head head man over 150,000 laborers. So Jeroboam, this guy, this guy knew organizational charts, this guy knew how to put together workflow management systems. King Solomon was building a whole heap of construction back in his, his day, a whole heap of infrastructure. And Jeroboam was the man that mobilized all the laborers to get it done. This guy was a phenomenal leader. 150,000 people over him. But, but, during the time that Solomon was king, a rumor leaked out. And this was the kind of rumour that that you didn't want leaking out. And the rumour that leaked out about Jeroboam was that he wanted to be king instead of Solomon. And and Jeroboam didn't start this rumour, but he knew that for his safety, it was best for him to get out of there. 
So Jeroboam ran away, he fled, he hid out in Egypt. And so now that I've given you the context of the story, we join the story in this little tiny town of Shechem, just as Rehoboam is about to be called, uh, crowned king over Israel. And it's in 1 Kings uh, chapter 12, verse 1, that says this. Uh, Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had gone there to make him king. It was a done deal. All he had to do was show up and he got the prize. Done. And when Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard, that he, uh, heard this, so he was still in Egypt where he had fled from King Solomon, he returned, to e- uh, turned, returned from Egypt. In other words, he thought it was sweet, this is great, I can come back now. And so they sent Jeroboam and he and the whole assembly of Israel went to Rehoboam and they said something to him. So when the whole nation of Israel heard that Jeroboam's back in town, Jeroboam, the man, he's back, they went to him and they said, look, Jeroboam, we've got something, we've got a request that we want you to take before Rehoboam, before he becomes king. And this is the request that Jeroboam brought to Rehoboam on behalf of the nation of Israel. He said this, your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us, and we will serve you. Rehoboam, your, your father, he, he put us, we're fatigued. We've been building buildings, we've been making roads, we've been crafting all these big monuments, and we are tired, we are worked to the bone. And if you will cop us a little bit of slack, if you will help us out in this way, we will, we will follow you. We will follow you forever. What kind of king would not want that? The start of your rule, and, and all you have to do is one thing, and you will have a unified kingdom that is willing to do whatever to follow you. And this is Rehoboam's response. He says, go away for three days and then come back to me. And so the people went away. Rehoboam, this, guy, this guy's smart. You know, he's, he's intelligent. He's thinking about it. He's saying, you know what? I need some time to process this. I need some time to get some advice. Go away. Give me a couple of days and let me think about it. And so the king, Rehoboam, consulted the elders who had served his father. That was pretty kind of intelligent. Uh, Solomon during his lifetime. How would you advise me to answer these people? And so he goes to them and he says, this is where I am and this is where I want to be. What's your thought on how I get from where I am to where I want to be? You were with my father. You were with him during some incredible building projects. You were with him as he moved this nation to a place that it has never been before. What's your advice to me? And so they replied, they said, if today you will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, then they will always be your servants. They will always be your servants. Could you imagine at this point what you would do? Like, it seems to me pretty obvious uh, uh, what, uh, what follows now. Like, this is where I am, this is where I want to be, all I need to do is serve them and they will follow me forever. But Rehoboam is a king, remember? Kings don't serve anyone. Kings are the ones who people serve. And so this is Rehoboam's response to the wise counsel of the elders. He says, Rehoboam rejected the advice uh, the, the the elders gave him, that's my bad, sorry, and consulted the young men he had grown up with, who were serving him. 
So not only did he reject the advice of the elders, but he said, who could I get some advice from? I know, let's go to the fellows I grew up with, who I'm now paying to, to, to be my yes men. That sounds like a fantastic idea. These guys know less about ruling a kingdom than I do, and I pay them for their answer. I'm going to go, and I'm going to ask them for their advice. Now, we look, we look at that, and we're like, oh, what an idiot. What, how can you be so dumb? But I was, I was trying to think about it, and I was like, what possible reason could Rehoboam have for coming up with this response? Why is it that Rehoboam rejected the advice of the elders and instead listened to some young guys his age who he was paying for their response? And, and I came up with two reasons, two possible reasons why Rehoboam uh, went this way or did this. The first reason was it was what he needed to hear, but not what he wanted to do. It was what he needed to hear, but not what he wanted to do. This is, this is what you need to do in order to get there, Rehoboam. Oh, I don't want to do that. So that's maybe one possible reason why he rejected it. The other one is, uh, it was where he wanted to be, it was just not how he wanted to get there. I want to rule over a united kingdom. Well, you're going to have to serve them. No, I don't serve people. I'm the king. People serve me. It was where he wanted to go, but it was not how he wanted to get there. And so he asked them. He asked the young people. He said, what is your advice? How should we answer those people who said to me, lighten the yoke your father put on us? And this is the advice the young people gave him. The young men who had grown up with him replied, these people have said to you, your father put on a heavy yoke and he made our yoke lighter. And Balaam's like, yep, that's what they said. Well, here's our advice to you. Now tell them, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Solomon was a fat dude, okay, in case you're wondering. Solomon was fat. And they're saying, you know, I guess, I don't know, maybe Rehoboam had fat fingers, I don't know. But my, my little finger is fatter than my father's waist. And then he goes on, my father laid a heavy yoke on you. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. Now, in case you're thinking like the animal scorpions, that's not what they're talking about here. A whip, a leather whip, we kind of have an idea what that is. A scorpion is the same leather whip, but now you put pits of glass and shards of metal in the ends of it. So Rehoboam's saying to the people, you thought what my father did to you was bad. I'm going to take it to a whole nother level. Why? How, how dumb? And, and I, was, I started to think and I was trying to pull apart. What was it, what was it that Rehoboam was trying to gain? Why was it that he listened to the advice of, 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 and listened to what he wanted to hear as opposed to what he needed to hear? And what I think the author of Kings points out to us and what we can learn from this situation right now that we're seeing happen and unfold with Rehoboam is this. Ask people who know and you'll get wisdom. Ask people who don't know and you get a guess. Ask people who know and you'll get wisdom. Ask people who don't know and you'll get a guess. So my question as we begin to wrap this to a close and to, to give you some context for this is, have you been taking wisdom from people or have you been taking guesses? Have you been listening to what you needed to hear or have you been listening to what you wanted to hear? Because they're two very different things. One leads you to where you want to be. One leads you to, well, we don't really know because it's a guess. And sure, maybe every now and then, 
You, someone took a guess and it got lucky, like everyone's right once in a while. But don't you value your life? Don't you value your decisions more than just taking guess after guess after guess after guess after, after guess and hoping that eventually you'll end up in the right place? Don't you value your life and your decisions more than that? And so Rehoboam took a guess when he listened to these young men. And this is what happened when he took a guess. The king answered the people harshly, rejecting their advice given him by the elders. He followed the advice of the young men. You know what happened that day? Israel became divided and it never, ever recovered. No, go back one. Israel became divided and it never, ever recovered. In fact, the kingdom of Israel split that day, and it did not split down the middle, six tribes and six tribes. It split ten tribes and two tribes. Two tribes went with Rehoboam, and ten tribes went with Jeroboam. And the nation of Israel, they had an idea that this was going to happen. And so what they did was they prepared a speech for when Rehoboam would, would do something dumb. And so what I want to do is... I want to read you the speech that they recited to Rehoboam, and then I want to give you the 21st century translation, because it's a little bit cloudy what they said here. But this is what they said uh, when, when Rehoboam said, you know, I'm going to be harsh, I'm, I'm not going to listen, I'm going to do what I want to do. They said this, when all Israel saw the king refuse to listen to them, they answered the king, what share do we have in David? What part in Jesse's son? To your tents, Israel, look after your own house. David. The 21st century translation is this. <clears throat> Rehoboam, you can go and rule yourself because we are not coming with you. We're going to follow Jeroboam. No one wants to follow you because all you had to do is one little thing and we would have been faithful to you, but no longer. And so Rehoboam was left knowing how to get to where he wanted to go. But because of his mistake, because he listened to a guess instead of wisdom, he's left shattered, holding two of the possible 12 tribes when he could have had it all. And you know what's kind of crazy, or what I find kind of crazy? Is that in your life and in my life, when we see people acting like Rehoboam, we're able to point it out. We're able to intuitively know what you're doing is not going to work. In fact, maybe you've had someone come to you and ask for advice and say, I don't know what I'm going to do, uh, but you know what to do. You've been there before. What do you reckon I should do? And you tell them, and then they go, I'm not listening to that. And then you watch them, and then they like fail financially, or they fail relationally, or they fail spiritually, and they come back to you and they say, it didn't work. And you go, you think? Like, I'm watching you. I'm looking at you. You're not doing what I told you to do. Or maybe you've just looked in from the outside of someone else doing that. And you see it coming a mile off. Yet why is it that in our own lives we have such a hard time picking up the Rehoboam in us? And so what I want to do as we bring this whole show to an end is I want to give you two life lessons that we can learn from Rehoboam. I'm not going to give you any advice, just two observations, two life lessons that we can learn from our interactions with Rehoboam. And the first one is this. Doing what you want to do won't get you, uh, sorry, doing what you want to do won't get you to where you want to be. 
Doing what you want to do will not get you to where you want to be. If there is a position in your life that you are not at financially, that you are not at relationally, that you are not at spiritually, that you are not at educationally, there is something that you are doing that you need to stop doing. There is perhaps some advice that you listen to, made to listen to or maybe you need to get, but there is something that you are doing that you need to stop because doing what you want to do will not get you to where you want to go. And the last one is this. Somebody knows what you need to do in order to get to where you want to be. There is somebody you know, there is somebody in your circle of influence, there is somebody in your sphere of connections that knows what you need to do in order to get to where you want to be. And here's, here's the application. And before I give it, just this is a suggested application. Suggested. I'm not giving any advice here, but... And, and I know, I get it, that you are going to push back against this. As soon as I say this application, you're going to push back against it. You're going to go, like, no way, I don't want to do it. That's a little Rehoboam rising up inside of you. So for the next 30 seconds, as I give this for Monday, because uh, we believe here at Beyond, we have this thing called for Monday, because we believe there's no point coming to church on Sunday, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're not, or if you're somewhere in between, unless it changes you at least a little bit for the week ahead. So I get that this is going to rise up inside of you, but just push that ray of bomb to the side for 30 seconds. So this is, this is the suggested application. Find someone in, in your life uh, and ask them. Find someone who knows how to get from where you want to be, uh, from where you are to where you want to be, and ask them this question. Knowing what you know, what would you do if you're in my shoes? Knowing what you know, what would you do if you were in my shoes? Because here's, here's what I know about you. If I don't know all of you, this is what I know about you and because this is what I know about me, is that you and I have listened to what we wanted to do so many times and it has led us to places that we did not want to be in. And this is your opportunity to begin to step out and move towards where you want to be. And for some of you, maybe you've already asked this question of someone. For some of you, this is so easy because you already know this advice. You already know exactly what they would tell you to do. All you need to do right now is do it. You know, Shia LaBeouf style, do it. It's super easy for you. All you got to do is do it. Really easy. And if you're a follower of Jesus here, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've got to take this seriously. Because as God the Son comes down to earth and he's interacting with God the Father. He, he, he speaks to him and he says, Dad, I don't know if I, I want to die on a cross. Is there another way out of this? And God the Father says to God the Son, I know it's not what you want to do, but it's what you need to do. The only person who can pay the price for humanity's sin is God. The only person who can step in and intervene so that they have to, have nothing, they don't owe us anything, is God. And I know you might not want to do it, but it's what you need to do. And as Jesus was hanging there on the cross, he was not doing what he wanted to do. But he was doing what he needed to do, to pay the price for your sins, to pay the price for my sins. So if you're a follower of Jesus, you have got to get this right. And this is the last thing. This is my last thing and then I'm done, I promise, I'm over. Uh, if you take nothing away from tonight, 
If, if you take nothing away, you think, oh, I didn't get it, just take this one thing and file it away in your memory bank. Wise people do what they need to do, not what they want to do. Wise people do what they need to do, not what they want to do. Even if you're here tonight and you say, I don't want any of the God stuff, this, this Jesus stuff, I don't want to have any, anything to do with it. Trust me, if I was in your shoes, if I'd experienced the life that you've lived, if I'd seen the way the church treated you, I would be in the same boat. I'm not asking you to be a follower of Jesus tonight. All I'm asking you to do is be wise. Regardless of whether you're Christian or not, all of us want to be wise. All of us want to set ourselves up for success. Wise people do what they need to do, not what they want to do. So this week, listen and apply. Because when you listen and apply, you win. Let me pray for you all. Heavenly Father, there are times in our life and there are times in all of our life where we're in a, a place and we, want to, we know where we want to go, we just don't know how to get there. And tonight, Lord, I, I pray that maybe something's been rising up inside of us, a little bit of Rehoboam pushing back. Father, I pray that you would help us to step past that, that we would start to maybe apply some advice that we've heard before, or maybe it would be time for us to actually take that step and to go and ask someone, and to ask them that question, knowing what you know, what would you do if you were in my shoes? And Lord, we thank you that Jesus died on the cross doing what he needed to do, not what he wanted to do. In your son's name we pray these things. Amen.